5: Number two of primetime action here on a Thursday. Matt Brown, Kelly Bidland, and Femia Bebefe here on the desk with us. We are running down, uh, let's say, some games that we're kind of interested in. Not really. Kelly has one interest, but it is not going his way. You got in live. I might, we might have actually talked you into this. I feel a little bit bad. No, you shouldn't. I feel okay, a I little gonna bad. going to do that anyways. <laughs> yeah, what are you talking I feel about? A little you the, are, it, the game's not over yet. It's only the bottom of the fifth. But uh, yes, so let's run through the scores here. Yeah. So that game he's
6: talking about, the Diamondbacks beating the Phillies. Oh wait, wait for it, Matt. Hold on. I'm think I'm seeing the future. I hope it's not. I hope it's not messing with me. Two run home run coming right here. I don't even know who's that bad, I'm assuming.
7: It's oh. gone. Oh. It's gone. This. It, it it so chop it in half. Yeah,
6: <laughs> chop it in half. We go. Let's four to go. two, Diamondbacks. That there worked we out well. That worked out well. Hey, that just, worked out well. Worked out well. Sometimes you bat. can see the future in the odds. Yeah. Sometimes you, you, it, yeah. it messes with you. But uh, yeah, four to two now in that game. So uh, if you wanted to get in live on the Phillies with me, you can get plus 230. <laughs> That's a lot better number than I got. I got plus 150. uh so Nine and a half with the
5: Oppo bomb for you there.
6: Exactly. Yeah. Nine and a half the live total in that game. Uh, Cardinals up on the Pirates, seven to three. That game into the bottom of the the sixth. Uh, the Pirates 10 to 1 live if you'd like to opt in. Twelve and a half is your live total. Indians up on the Rangers, nine to four. That game is in the bottom of the fifth. Indians, uh, massive live favorite. If you wanted to get in on the Rangers, you can get 13 to 1 and 16 and a half. Live total. Giants and Mets are now all tied up. Mets have tied this game at two apiece in the bottom of the seventh inning. Uh, Top of the seventh, I apologize. Uh, Mets minus 135 live. Giants plus 105 and and 6.5 is the live total. Red Sox up on the Twins 5-2. That game in the top of the sixth. Twins 10-1 live. And then the Marlins all over the Nationals still 7-2. That game is now into the top of the sixth inning. No live odds currently up for that.
7: Femi, we do have three games yet to go, correct? We do do have three games yet to go. We have the Padres and the Dodgers right now. That game is still sitting at Dodgers minus 140. Padres plus 120, a total of 7.5 with Scherzer and Udarvis, so that makes Mm -hmm. sense for the total there. Uh, Those two NLOS teams, I'm sure Dodgers fans, hoping that the Mets can kind of give them a little bit of help there, tying that game up against the San Francisco Giants. Then also in the... AL, we have the New York Yankees taking on the Oakland A's in the Bay Area. Yankees right now minus 125 A's plus 105 in that game. The total, eight and a half. And then in Seattle, the Seattle Mariners, who refuse to lose, <laughs> Seattle Mariners of 13 straight. Yuze Kikuchi on the mound. They are a minus 170 favorite, minus 160, we believe we're seeing here and the Royals are plus 150 on the money line there. So those are kind of our our games that are going to be getting underway here the bottom of the hour. I believe Yankees or rather Dodgers and Padres will be getting going in about 10 minutes here, but Yankees and and A's will be at the bottom of the hour and the Mariners and Royals at 7:10.
5: So we have some news here Kelly on the golf front. Uh, Steve Stricker came out and he said since the Ryder Cup is coming along, oh, and they're gonna that. have to they're gonna have to play <laughs> nice with each other when that happens anyway. That our feud between Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Koepka is at least put on put on hold for now. Oh. It, it breaks my heart. I don't like I don't like to see that because I do lo- I do think that they were pretty good at it. But here we go. No more Bryson and Brooks, at least for the short term. So I, I, I read the ESPN article on this today and found it very interesting
6: because there there was a fair amount of conjecture of whether or not Brooks was going to be upset about the fact that uh, Stricker had told the press about these phone conversations, I guess, that he had. But <laughs> I I saw Brooks his press conference. Uh, that was from yesterday, I believe he was talking about it. And uh it, he was funny because it, it was – he didn't squash the beef at all, Matt. It was one of those, like, listen, like, I could play with anybody for a week. Like, well, I, it doesn't matter how much I hate him. And he was like – and I guarantee you Steve's not going to pair us together ever. So, like, we're barely going to see each other. Uh, it, it was pretty comical. So, it was like – I think Brooks did a perfect job of keep keeping the rivalry going while also
5: being able to play on the same team together. The, the quote is hilarious. They assured me that the team – in the country and everything else that goes into this is their top priority. So the whole country <laughs> is their top priority because Lord knows that is that the Ryder Cup is what this, you know, the is the top priority of the country right now. It is primetime action here on a Thursday, and we have been counting down the 32 teams in the NFL, trying to give you guys a snapshot of
7: what goes in to all of this 32 teams in 32 shows. Yeah. 32 teams, 30. two shows. And Matt, for us to be able to go forward, we must know where we came from. And let's take a look back at the 2020 recap for said Minnesota Vikings in the NFC North. They went seven and nine last year, finishing third and missing the playoffs. First losing season for the Vikings since 2014. When Zimmer took over in his first season, six times, Minnesota scored more than 30 points, three and three in those games. The offense scored the 11th most points with 430 had Fourth most total yards, sixth most passing touchdowns, seventh most rushing TDs. So that sounds all good, right? Mm-hmm. But here's the bad part 10th most turnovers, 23, and also the worst. The defense Zimmer's calling card gave up the fourth most points with 475 and the sixth most total yards. So Matt, do you see this Minnesota Vikings team bouncing back here in 2020? Yeah, I mean, they, so they changed everything except for
5: Mike Zimmer Zimmer in his eighth season there, but Clint Kubiak takes over at offensive coordinator. Adam Zimmer takes over as defensive coordinator. So they're going to try to change things up there. They were very active in free agency. They bring in Dalvin Tomlinson, Patrick Peterson, Sheldon Richardson, shot Breland, Stephen Weatherly, Xavier Woods, Dee Westbrook. They just signed Everson Griffin, who's back in town for them. So they were very, very active in free agency and then they have a couple of guys here that they drafted as well that are gonna start instantly offensive tackle Christian Daresaw, their first-round pick he is going to step in and start they took Kellen Mond in the third round quarterback so he's gonna be the backup there maybe the future there for Minnesota they took a linebacker and Chas Surrett in the third round he is also likely to step in and get significant reps if not start Wyatt Davis is a guard that they draft in the third round who also is either gonna see significant time or will actually start for this team so lots and lots of of, of action in free agency and you know listen guys are going to step in and play right away from this draft class with a roster that ESPN actually ranked ninth overall whenever they have you know up and down here and a lot of that has to do with what they did in free agency and what they did with the draft football outsiders if you look in the under the hood last year they were actually the eighth overall offense last year I don't think a lot of people would have imagined that from this team because you just don't think offense whenever you think of the Minnesota Vikings. But eighth overall offense, they were 18th on defense. What this has is Football Outsiders has a mean projection of this team of 9.1 wins. They have them as a playoff contender 39.3% of the time. Their metric for that is kind of that 9 to 11 win range. So they think that you're at least going to be in contention if you have 9 to 11 wins 39.3% of the time. They have them winning the Super Bowl actually 3.6% of the time. If we look at this schedule, 15th toughest or 18th easiest, however you want to go about it. Anyway, right in the middle, you know, <laughs> yeah. like right, right in the middle manageable. No, yeah. It's not a schedule that's going to be super tough or super easy. Kind of write down the center there. Uh, Warren Sharp over Sharp football has not projected at 8.5 wins. If we look at pro football focus, they're a little bit more down on this team. And, you know, look, we've seen this whenever we've talked about these these different projection systems before. Some teams that they'll be up on, some teams they'll be down on. We saw the other day football outsiders much higher on a team than we were. So uh, I like to see at least the differences here. They have them a 23rd power-ranked team heading into the season. 23rd in the league and only have them projected at 8 wins. Um, a lot of this might have to do with the offensive line. They have 27th heading into the season here. That said, it could be better instantly depending on how much the rookie contributes and how good the rookie is and you know again christian darosal first first round pick for this team he had the highest grade of any power five tackle in college football last season he's a dominant pass blocker and run blocker but again Rookies, rookie offensive linemen tend to struggle in their first season, really pick it up in year two and year three. We'll see if Darrisol is one of the you know, one of the outliers here. And if he's able to do that, this offensive line could be much better than we see. Brian O'Neill is coming off his career best season for him. He was the 24, 24th best tackle in 2020. He's a better run blocker than a pass blocker, but this team's a pretty run-heavy team with Dalvin Cook as it is. Anyway, the interior really is the problem here. Garrett Bradbury, he was second to last as far as grades and pass blocking at the center position last year. Ezra Cleveland at left guard really struggles in pass blocking. He's only a little bit better on the run blocking side, and they're probably going to have to start their third-round their, their third rookie, Wyatt Davis, over at right guard. And so while he was really good his 2019 season at Ohio State, he was really, really battled a ton of injuries in 2020, which is why he went later than people thought in the third round and kind of leaves a little bit of a question mark around him because he didn't see a ton of playing time in 2020 and, was, and also coming off of all these injuries. Now, on the defensive line, they were absolutely atrocious. You read the stats, they yeah. were horrible in 2020. They're coming off a of season. They had the lowest pressure rate in the league. They were 30th in EPA per play allowed per run play. They were given up like 134.4 yards per game on the ground. But if you are a Vikings fan or if you are a Vikings backer, there is hope here because it should be a completely different offensive, I mean, completely different defensive line. Daniel Hunter is going to be back from injury. Michael Pierce is going to be back from opting out last year. They brought in Dalvin Tomlinson and Sheldon Richardson for this defensive line. So, this, while they were horrible in 2020, it's going to be a completely new look defensive line here in 2021. And so, they should be much better. The secondary again completely overhauled Anthony Davis, I mean, Anthony Harris and Mike Hughes are out. Patrick Peterson, Bashad Breeland, Xavier Woods are in. So you have what you saw last year a team that was getting burnt all over the field. They said, all right, get out of here. We're going to start over. Patrick Peterson, Breeland and Woods are in in the secondary here, the linebackers. Look, Eric Hendricks is Hendricks is one of the very best cover linebackers in all of the NFL and has been for over the last few seasons. So they really just need some a little bit of a production out of Anthony Barr. Maybe the rookie that they took in the third round in Chester, it is a guy that can step in and actually get some meaningful time and play well for them. But if that's the case, they could have a pretty good linebacker tandem. It really will come down to the, to the offensive side of the ball. Will, was it an outlier season for Jefferson? Will they be able to get Thielen back in the mix a little bit more for him to step it up and contribute a little bit more? Will Irv Smith at tight end really take that next step? He says he's ready to be the mm-hmm. primetime player. He's come out and said, I'm ready for the spotlight. I'm ready for this. I think I can do this. And then, of course, we keep bringing this up with Kirk Cousins, and Kirk Cousins has this cloud over him and, and it's going to be over him. He's going to continue to get asked about it. He got asked about it again today and there was quotes from him. They brought in, you know, Mike Zimmer has been this very big advocate of all of his players going and getting vaccinated. He brought in an infectious disease to doctor. Yeah, he's, he's been
7: frustrated yeah. at press conferences
5: and, and came in and talked to the team today. They asked Kirk cousins about it afterwards. He's going to continue to have to answer these questions every single press conference. Hey, did you do this? What do you think of this? Are you going to do this? Whatever. Will that get into his head will that work and, and, and then we talked about other the other part of this is handicapping all of this because yes while the league is trending towards you know the vast you know almost 100 vaccination we're sitting at 93 percent right now it doesn't really matter if we're talking about these these key players that fall in the seven percent that aren't and we know that kirk cousins is one of those very key players that falls in the not category and so what we saw with the Cole Beasley Beasley thing with the Isaiah McKenzie thing what we've seen with some of these other situations is you don't even have to test positive you don't even have to be in close contact you can just break Mm -hmm. the protocol as well and find yourself having to miss five games so it's not just one of these deals like last year where we were like oh okay this guy tested positive he has to miss or these guys were close contact so they have to miss now it's in place where you walk into the building without a mask on and they find out about it you might be on the sideline you get the close contact you're going to be on the sideline Obviously, if you test positive, you're going to be on the sideline. And so, Kirk Cousins for this team, yes, they have Kellen Mond. They drafted Kellen Mond. I do understand all that. But I don't think we're expecting Kellen Mond to be anywhere near what Kirk Cousins is and stuff. And so, there is some pause for me on this team, which I was – you know Kelly we went and we were talking even during the Aaron Rodgers stuff we were saying look I think this Vikings team is a good bet regardless because I think there's a chance they could win it even if Aaron Rodgers does come back and has in place for the Packers this year but there is that question there is something we always are going to have to keep in mind that at any given week any given game they could find themselves without their starting quarterback and Femi that is something that as as handicappers is very tough for us
7: and I've wondered how that's going to play in the locker room because right now a lot of it is just kind of in Mm preseason training camp guys are just like okay they're missing a week here a week there how's that going to play if it's november and a Mm -hmm. division game it's hey we got to have this game and the quarterback's not available. Is there, is there a chance, maybe, for a split, a fracture in the locker yeah. room over this availability as it pertains to the COVID protocols that the NFL has kind of set in place here for 2021? Mm. We don't know how that's going to play out. It, it's it could be a, a kind of a, a toxic situation almost Absolutely. in Minnesota. Absolutely.
5: And, and you're talking about and you're talking about just the the chemistry stuff with all that as well. Like I was reading a couple of teams talking about just the logistics of all the stuff. Right. So it's like when you're traveling, you basically have to sit all the players who run back like. At at yeah. a, at a back of the plane, like, by themselves because you don't want them in contact with people. Oh, gosh. And so, like, so even just the logistics stuff, right, and, like, trying to get that all down and, and, and you know... I imagine you typically these, I I don't know, I've never been on a plane with the NFL, but I imagine you probably like sit with a coach or you sit with your wide receiver and you're talking over things or you're probably watching film together or doing whatever, Mm -hmm. but that might not be the case with some of these teams and things. And so just all this stuff that we're going to have to take in to consideration when we talk about some of these teams, specifically the Vikings, just because Kirk Cousins is so high profile and he is so out there with his stance and how he's going about all this. Yeah, I think that there's, like, listen. There's Kirk Cousins has
6: rightfully so, I guess, over his career, always kind of straddled that border of like, how good is is he good? Is he good? Is he average? Right. You know, is he in between? But kind of like you were getting at Matt. there's a massive let's not pretend there's a massive not a massive drop-off between having Kirk Cousins on the field and then Kellett Mond or yeah. whoever else it might be to replace him and if like you guys are talking about if you're talking about in a situation where it's end of the season and a crucial game or in the playoff season I mean that, that's a backbreaker to your mm. team so I I'm with you Matt there, there have been multiple times this summer where I've, I've gotten close to uh, making some Vikings futures bets and that, mm. that's just kind of kept me off and I, I don't really know if I'm going to get there. I think the the yes price on them to make the playoffs just getting it plus money is pr- is a pretty good bet. But you know, if you end up missing one of your your key quarterbacks or one of your key players for a couple games, it's
5: I just I don't know how you can make that bet right now. Yeah, we look at these odds mm-hmm. right now for the division. It was uh, minus one sixty there on the Packers plus two fifty. On the Vikings, Bears at 550, and the Lions at 28 to 1. Win totals. uh, The Vikings sitting at 9. Yes, no to make the playoffs. Yes, plus 115. No, minus 140. 22 to win the NFC, and then 50 to win the Super Bowl. Femi, I, I. I don't know if any of these are bettable. I mean, I I want to say that that win total, when we're talking about nine wins, is this really not a winning football club? Because remember, at nine wins on a 17-game season, all that means is that it's a, it's a winning football team. Mm-hmm. I feel like that this is a winning football team, but I have not run to the to the counter to bet that.
7: Yet. Yeah, I've, I've made quite a bit of NFL bets and mm-hmm. futures and win totals, and there's zero involving the Minnesota yeah. Vikings. I, I'm, I'm a little lukewarm on them, even just COVID aside and all the vaccination protocol stuff, but it does feel like that nine number is right on the money. Like oftentimes this team is either eight and nine or nine and eight, maybe something breaks right and they go 10 and seven or something. But I think it's a pretty high probability that they do go nine and eight. One thing that I'm interested in with this Vikings team is the coordinators. You have mm. Clint Kubiak, Gary Kubiak's son. Then you have Adam Zimmer's son as kind of like a co-defensive coordinator mm. type of situation. How do you handicap that? These guys are unproven. Yeah, uh, they have the lineage of their mm. fathers being NFL head coaches, being pretty successful. How does that factor in with two inexperienced coordinators at the helm on a season that already has kind of the protocol stuff already on yeah, top of it? I, no,
5: it's certainly something that I have considered with this team as well. And and one of the things I guess that I it's a little less of a concern for me because I expect them still to be kind of a run first-ish team as much as humanly possible. As much as you can be in the NFL these days, because with Dalvin Cook, it's and you have Alexander Madison as a backup as well. You have two guys that can go and get it done on the ground for for them regardless. And so I'm I'm kind of a little, a little less concerned because I do think that you are going to probably be falling back on the run much more. I think Justin Jefferson, listen, I, I he definitely he definitely surprised me last year. I'm I'm an LSU guy, you know, All so I followed his career tons. And, and you know, as the instant success that he had did surprise me. I knew he was going to be a solid receiver. I didn't think he was going to have that type of success. I think that there has to be at least a little bit of regression here. I mean, he's sitting at 1,325 yards. That that's number's a, huge. That's a big that's number. Massive. <laughs> it's a massive number. And also, like – Adam Thielen was dealing with a little bit of injury stuff last year. Again, weird season, COVID season, all that stuff that was going on. I think he becomes a little bit more back into being a part of that offense as well, and probably rightfully so. And so, I don't know. I mean, I haven't, again, not one that I have bet, but – I would have a pretty strong lean actually to the under on Jefferson's
7: yardage. You're looking at Jefferson at 1,300 yards. Also Dalvin cook at 1,300 yards. It's like, right. Where are, the yards? They, yeah, yeah. And where <laughs> are the yards coming from? It's like, either they're going to be winning and cook is going to get a, a lot of mm. yards or they're going to be losing. And maybe Jefferson gets 1,400 yards and cook goes under. Um, but yeah, I, that seems like a very, very high number there. Also Dalvin cook 13 and a half rushing touchdowns. I, both, both of those stuck out to me last <laughs> night as well. When I was putting
6: together, I'm like, thir- I mean, he had, 16 last year on the ground, but I mean, running backs, especially running backs. We talk about the position guys get, can most easily get hurt at. Yeah,
5: and yeah, that is a high high mark for yards and touchdowns for sure. <laughs> well, and it does make you wonder when you have when you have like a backup that is as good as Madison mm-hmm. is, right? Do we start to see some of these coaches understand that these running backs break down so fast mm-hmm. and so quick? What, what does it hurt to give a guy like Madison seven, eight carries a game, right? and yeah. like But if you're siphoning off seven, eight carries a game, or even if it's four to six carries a game from a guy like Cook, and you're talking about a number like that, that is something that could that's a that's an overkiller right I mean that's 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 something that could get you to the under as well and like I can't say that that's how they're going to go about this I have no idea but we saw it a little bit with with Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard how they started to get Pollard a little bit more carries last year and it wouldn't surprise me if they look at Dalvin Cook and say man we've worked him pretty hard we have a very very capable guy behind him why don't we at least take a little bit of the load off
7: yeah gotta load management especially if they're in that playoff contention they're gonna want to use him and save him for December and January, possibly. We'll run through the scoreboard whenever we come
5: back and see if there's anything. Kelly, are you looking any better? We will find out on that <laughs> yeah. after the break as well as primetime action here on Beast. It is Primetime Action here on VEASAN. Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin, Femia Bebefe, and we are going to talk a prop that Kelly found. Kelly, you found this prop and it is comparing which quarter which one of the rookie quarterbacks between Fields and Lance is going to start first? Is that what we're well, going that's to That's correct. Whoever
6: gets the first start. Ooh. And they did not specify it any more than that. So not, not first
5: snap of the game. Okay. None it, of that. Wow. So that is okay. a very vague prop then because then you, you have to bet Lance because, again, he might just come in as a package to start a game or something he might be like out, Yeah, like in the first both, game of the year. Both, like, both quarterbacks on the field yeah. at the same time with yeah. him and Jimmy G. Yeah. like So, I mean, we're sitting plus 120 on Lance, minus 155 on Fields. And while if we're talking who we think would start, like traditionally start, and like, you know, he's going to go out there and then play the whole game, I would lean fields, but we talked, I mean, again today, I saw yet another report again today that they were doing this whole running the quarterbacks on and off the field for the 49ers that, yeah. that that Lance was getting, like they would run
7: two two plays with Jimmy G and then run Lance on the field and run a play with him and like all kinds of stuff. I'm excited to see this 49ers regular season because <laughs> we keep hearing about this mythical Trey Lance package that Kyle Shanahan is yeah. just keeping to himself. And of course he's not going to kind of uh, – Peel back the covers before the regular season starts. But uh, to me, I think Fields will be the one that starts traditionally. Right. First of all, I think both guys should just start week one and let's just get on with it. But I think Jimmy G will probably be the starter. Now, the case for Lance in, in this prop to be the traditional starter is that Jimmy G doesn't have the sturdiest health mm-hmm. history in the NFL. I mean, he's missed about 20 some odd games in the last three years with the 49ers there. So maybe an injury or something in the first or two games. But I think we're going to probably see Justin Fields probably week two from what Almost reminds me like the Houston to Tom Savage Deshaun Watson mm. situation where Bill O'Brien said, Hey, Tom Savage is the guy, he's the guy, he's the guy. Then at halftime, Deshaun Watson was in week one and then he started week two and started the rest of his uh, the, the time there. But I think that we'll probably see Fields get the first traditional start. But Lance, I mean, yeah, there, there could be a weird, the way that, right. it's, that it's phrased, he could be on the field yeah. that first snap of the season. I've targeted week four for Fields. I think they're going to wait
5: through that Browns game on the road as well. That Browns team, that Browns defense specifically, I think it's going to be much, much better this year. I think they're going to be really, really, really good. And I think you get through two of the toughest defenses that you're going to play all season long, and then you throw them in there against the Lions – what better way to start out your NFL career than uh, than the Lions? Avoid those two road games against two tough defenses and then pop him in there against the Lions. But if that's the case, whether it's week two or week four, again, traditionally, then that would be Justin Fields. But w- with Trey Lance, again, we know that there are packages yes. that they are running that they, have, uh, that they have in store for him. And one of the things we were talking about with some of these other markets is even if you believe – which we all do, that jo- that that um, that Jameis Winston is going to be the starter for the Saints and over Taysom Hill. However, what we were also bringing up is, well, they are 100% going to be Taysom Hill packages. We know this for yeah, sure. We've seen them. Well, what if the opening kickoff gets run down to the eight-yard line and and so now Taysom Hill is the it's a Taysom Hill package that, wild runs, cat, wild yeah, <laughs> that runs in, and then now you've lost your bet, even though you were right. You know, like, yes, James Winston's a starter, but then Taysom Hill ends up taking the first snap or uh, a turnover deep in the territory, whatever it might be. And then that calls for maybe it's if it's not the Taysom Hill package, maybe it's the Trey Lance package that we're talking about here. And so that's the thing for me that makes this like a little scary because like you say traditional, yes, it's it's fields, but. I'm just – I can't – for only plus 120, I just couldn't I couldn't go
7: there. Yeah, you almost wonder if like, what if the prop was who's to throw the first pass yeah. of the season because it's like – I mean, even then, who knows, you might get a wide receiver yeah. pass on the first play of the season. But I could see a scenario where Kyle Shanahan, we know he loves to kind of mess with the media mm-hmm. where he has both quarterbacks out there. Garoppolo tosses it to Lance. Lance throws the first pass of the season type of thing. Like, well, who knows what to expect with this Trey Lance package. But we know he's going to play – early and often we just don't know in what capacity.
6: Yeah, I think the uh the key with any of these things is definitely the language and you got to got to check into that. And if you don't understand the language, don't yeah. bet. If you don't yeah, understand yeah, yeah, the yeah. language, don't yeah. bet it. Yeah. And and like to Femi's point, I mean this is first player to start a regular season game on points bet right now. That is how it's phrased. So you could theoretically, it's not take the first snap, like a lot of the other ones are, right? Take the first snap, you could get burned by the Taysom Hill stuff. Mm-hmm. This is first player to start a regular season game. So in my mind, like Femi laid out, you could have both quarterbacks on the field if, if Trey lands in the if, as long as it's the first play of the game, that's starting a game. So it is like the language, <laughs> be careful with it. Be careful
5: with it. Yeah. We're on the second leg of the playoffs here, the BMW Championship. We'll run down not only where we stand right now, but if there are any bets to be made on the other side here, it's primetime action. perfect time to start planning your football contest strategy and the VEASAN Pro Football Guide is a perfect way to start. Our VEASAN experts have won major football contests around Las Vegas and our guide will give insight on against the spread contests and uh, survival pools out there. Give you a winning edge, download the VEASAN NFL Guide today nineteen ninety nine, dollars or get VEASAN All Access and get everything we offer for the entire football season. Go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Primetime action here on a Thursday. Kelly, we have decided that we are putting in a primetime action entry. That's right. Into Circa Million. The Circa Million. Hey, now. Circa million 3, right? Is that what we're up to? So yeah, I, will have a, I will have a personal entry, and then I will have an entry that I share with you and Gil.
6: Yeah, uh, I will have the exact same and then pending sharing. In, uh, no, yeah, I will have the exact same. One of my
5: own and then one with you guys. I have yet to decide how many Survivor I'm going to put
7: in. I was going to say, I was like, we got Circa Million. Are we doing Circa Survivor as well?
5: Yeah, I just haven't decided how many I'm going to put in yet. I, I, I make myself nervous if I have too many that I'm going to, like, that my head is going to become this. So, I'm like, do I just do, like, two or do I just max out the six? I don't know. Uh, Guild talks about that, like, having, like, a million of them. And every time he brings that up, I think that I'm like, I would
6: go crazy if i like, trying to map out, like, three different, four different ones or whatever.
7: Yeah. I think three is a good number. You know, you get three, you get your one. That's okay. Like this is a solid one, and then maybe you, you get those two that you burn on Jags Texans. Yeah, well, that's why I was hope like, there's no tie. Well,
5: that's the, that's where I'm like, do I do I just get the six, and then just split the, th- and then I'll have three, I have three and three, I have three. Move on, no matter what. Yeah, and then and then you go from there. I I don't know. I've got to figure this out, but this is something that is going to haunt me. Although I, there's no way the Jags can
7: lose that game. <laughs> I, I, I can see it happen.
5: I know I know the Texans
7: are terrible, but rookie coach, rookie quarterback. I know. It's I know. it's a weird situation in Jacksonville. Offensive line's not great. I mean Houston's terrible.
5: We all know that, but yeah, you know they what's... even have a coach that's bought in on tanking too. I mean he's like he's even like, I don't care what analytics say. But yeah. go goes what my gut says. Well, Femi, it's funny because on this show
6: over the I would say a month ago, basically all three of us on the show were like Jags, got to like them week one, got to like them <laughs> week one, and then what we've seen over the past month, it's like, Meh, I don't know so much anymore. Uh, nah. I
7: who knows if it gets to three and a half, I might be on the Texans just for a little bit. If it gets to three and a half. God God bless I'm, you. Hoping God bless you. I'm hoping it doesn't. I'm hoping it doesn't, because I don't want to be involved in that game at all. I was gonna say that's a game I will I will be far away from. Far away. I now
5: at this point pray that it gets to that because I want you to have to sit through that game. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want you to have to I want you to have to endure sitting through and sweating out a Texans ticket this year. Which I will have zero of because I have them for everything on the under. They better not win any games this year. They better not win any games whatsoever. All right, so we have the BMW Championship that's going on. We know we're we're we have we're sitting pretty good. I mean, look, let's just mm-hmm. let's just let's just call a spade a spade here. We're we're sitting pretty good. Roy McElroy and Sam Burns at the top of this thing. I got Burns and McElroy. You got McElroy. Oh, you don't have Rory. You chose not no, no. to go there. Yeah, Femi has Rory. Yeah, I yes. have Rory. Yeah, I have Sam
6: Burns. Not Rory though, because I went. Uh, I decided I was going to add one more last night, either Deshambo
5: or Rory, and I went with Deshambo. Well, he's not out of it. He's four. He's not out of it. No, he's, he's not. not out of. It. He's four under. So at the top, we have three: Rory McIlroy, Sam Burns, and of course John Rahm. They're all sitting at eight under sixty fours through round one. Sergio Garcia. Yeah, And he came out of nowhere this late <laughs> this afternoon. Sergio Garcia in solo. Well, I mean, fourth. fourth but Yeah, yeah. but the second on the list as far as this yeah, goes. Seven back. under. Now, Sergio did actually putt today, which, you know, <laughs> you take don't that see his worth. Yeah, I mean, he gained 1.97 strokes putting, which never, ever, ever happens for Sergio. So take that with a grain of salt. But um, yeah, Sergio, Patrick Cantley, Harold Varner, Webb Simpson, Dustin Johnson, Xander Shoffley, Tony Finau. All these guys are well within striking distance. Hideki Matsuyama is within striking distance. Daniel Berger. I think all these guys down to, well, knowing what kind of course this is, I mean, if you look at this one, I think anyone four under and up is still mm-hmm. definitely in it. I mean, like, we were trying to write it off last week whenever whenever JT and Rahm were up. But the difference, I think, here is there are just so many guys jumbled in there. I think yeah. you need to be at four yeah because like this, maybe, this, three. Maybe, maybe 3 maybe 3 but, but you're probably but right. this
7: many guys aren't going to aren't going to cuz it's a scoreable course yeah. is what everyone's yeah. been saying guys are i mean they're going low i mean we see your guys, Sam Burns, eight under. You know, Rom also. He's going to dominate as well. But yeah, I think I think four is probably a good cutoff for guys you want to enter in on if you don't have any plays so far now, this weekend.
6: Now, what might be different with different with this course over the next couple of days though is if it does dry out a bit. That you know, they they were playing playing clean and place today. Uh, you know, it was soggy ground, so that mm-hmm. that could change. It could make things a little bit more difficult. But you know, that probably speaks even more to your point than mm-hmm. after round one, you kind of want to be up there, if this does get a little bit more difficult. um, As far as as live odds and guys I'm looking at, you know, one guy that I did bet is was joaquin neiman you can get him at better odds now than you could at pre-tournament don't get me wrong he is part of that four under group he's four shots off the lead seeing him 65 to one uh at DraftKings right now uh he's a guy that was he was third third uh in the tournament t to green today but you know two plus 2.87 strokes t to green just lost it on the putting and that's going to be joaquin neiman from time to time but if that you know he gets a putting together he could pick up a bunch of strokes on the field here over the next couple days so that's a long number on a guy that uh usually usually plays some of these easy scorable courses pretty well and played well today except for with the flat stick so i, I that's that's one that i would be i already have him in pocket so i'm not going i'm not going back to the well there but at a number that's about 20 plus more than what you could have got from him pre-tournament
5: i, I kind of like that yeah and, and like i said i'll go back to Cantley here if i you know I can't say that I won't go in on Cantlay because I just I have this thing surrounded right now. But I mean, twelve to one on Cantlay. When we look at these advanced statistics and how this this played out, I mean, yes, he put it out of his mind. But if that levels off and comes back down to earth, but the rest of his game, I mean, he lost around the green. He lost on approach. He lost T to green here, and Femi barely gained at all off the tee. I mean, you know, point two three strokes. So. You got to think that Patrick Cantlay, only two off, is a guy that that certainly could could make a run here.
7: Yeah, Cantlay is my guy. I'm sitting. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, you know, he's he's doing well. I'm liking where he's at right now, and th- the way that you talk about, I, I get worried when I hear, oh my god, it gains so much off yeah. the, off, the, off the green. But like you mentioned, he can also regress in a positive fashion and other fashions uh, of his game there in the bag, but. I, I think JT, that's the guy I keep coming back to. He's got major pedigree. He's he's already won this year. We know he can go low. Yeah, I mean, like, he can go super low. He's good for a 62 on any given round. So, if he gets back into that thick of things, and who knows what happens Saturday, Sunday, when other guys maybe start to trail off a little bit. 28-1 to over
5: at DraftKings right now on Justin Thomas. You can still get plus money for him to top 10 this thing. (laughs) Plus 150 for him to top 10 it you live in a jurisdiction, I would not hate that bet one bit at all. We'll talk some fantasy football here on primetime action on the other side. NFL preseason has kicked off. It's the perfect time for you to huddle up with the VEASAN Pro Football Betting Guide. It's only $19.99, available now. Our experts pro- provide profiles on every team with advanced stats and power ratings, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. You can sign up for VEASAN All Access and get everything we offer for the entire football season. Sign up now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe and then continue to listen to this program right here, Kelly. If you want our super secret picks, Ooh. our super secret picks, picks happens yeah. right here. Yes, <laughs> instead of in the in the guide, but also free trial subscription as well, and free cost nothing, for me. So that's you know what I, you should I, be doing. I, I right? like free. <laughs> yes, yes. This is uh, this is one of the things that you should go out there, try it for a week, and if it's you know, there's going to be some things that you like, I promise you, and then it's cheap. After that. All right. So let's look. It's just, this is getting upon, I imagine, if you're super serious, you maybe have already done a draft or two or some of these best ball drafts or whatever it might be. If you are just playing in one single home league, maybe it's coming up in the next week or so, but it is definitely fantasy football drafting season here. And so, me, Kelly, Femi, going to try to give you an idea here of, of some of these running backs that we're looking at and that we like or that we would at least take higher or lower than everything that's going on. On the screen right now, we have what's going on over at CBS. This is the average draft position of the people over at CBS. And right now, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Derek Henry, Alvin Kamara, Ezekiel Elliott are your top five. I mean, Femi, I've been, I'm sure you have as well. I've been playing fantasy football for 20 years or whatever. And, and so really the first thing you could say with any of these running backs, especially with the way that the running back position has changed over the years, you really just need to know your, your scoring system first and foremost, yes. because like you see Christian McCaffrey going, going one overall basically in every single draft, but, if you're in a standard league that doesn't do any sort of PPR, PPR yeah. then Christian McCaffrey is far less valuable than even – you could make a case that Derrick Henry is uh, is the number one pick in a, in a format like that because so much of McCaffrey's production comes with catching those six, seven balls a game, which is a free touchdown for you every single time. And
7: so you really need to know you're scoring backward and forward first. You can almost make the same case for, with Alvin Kamara. I mean, right. how many screen passes do the yep. Saints dial up for him. I know that was with Drew Brees. who doesn't push the ball down Mm -hmm. the field much, but I'm sure he's going to be, of course, a big part of the offense down there in new Orleans. But yeah, knowing that scoring system first and foremost is the key to fantasy football there. But some of the names that kind of jumped out to me, or at least Mm -hmm. one in particular that jumped out to me was Najee Harris. I know he's a rookie Mm -hmm. and the Steelers' offensive line has some question marks, but Everything we've heard since the season ended for Pittsburgh last January is that we need to get back to running the football, right? And everyone said, Hey, you should draft an offensive lineman in the first round. They said, we're going to draft Najee Harris a running back. So this team really is going to give him the football. We saw it even in the hall of fame game when those starters typically mm-hmm. don't play, but because he's a rookie, I think he had about five or six carries on that first series alone in that hall of fame game. They're going to feed this kid, the football. Often and I think he's gonna have plenty of opportunities to be a pretty productive player fantasy wise we know Tomlin as well like really likes that bell cow back
5: thing yep. we ha- he's been searching for he tried to make James Conner that guy James Conner just couldn't really fit into that role so they go out and they make sure to get a three down back a guy that can catch the football as well and not have to ever take him off the field because Honestly, they've been they've been looking for that ever since Le'Veon Bell left. And exactly. so when when you have a guy like him, I, I agree hundred percent. I, I really do like him. I understand it's a rookie type situation, but I do a ton. And if you believe at all in the regression of Ben Roethlisberger, then the dump off pass and the screen passes and different things like that should, in fact, be a bigger role
7: than he than we even saw last year. Yeah, he'll be the outlet for sure. And another guy, and this is more so. A, I have a question for you: is in that top five? I understand why those guys are ranked, how they're ranked. Mm-hmm. Eventually, the the wheels have to come off on Derrick Henry. Right. I mean, the the load that he's been carrying for that Titans offense, I get that you have to put him up there and Vrabel is committed to running the football but i mean 2000 yards last year the amount of wear and tear and he's built like an action figure yeah, yeah, so yeah. clearly he can withstand it thus far but eventually we see it with these guys especially an upright runner yeah. i mean maybe he misses a game here or there i mean it's it's a lot of carries that he has on his body it, it is and like i said i i get why he's up there as high as he is because as you mentioned but if i if
5: i was in a PPR league i would be avoiding I would I would easily skip down to a Zeke or to one of these, some yeah. of these other guys even an Austin Eckler I think is just gonna be super super involved in the past game for the Chargers as well and so I I would opt to some of these other guys than before I would be drafting like a Derek Henry and you can see like I mean his average draft position is three and a half so I mean he's going off the board between three and four pretty much in every single draft and for me Just a little bit too high. I can't see, I can't really see that happening. I mean, the other guy that's up here that I guess stands out a little bit to me is whenever you take a look at at Clyde Edwards Alaire. And and I think that there is, I think that there is a lot of risk involved in Clyde because I think that he could be kind of the breakout guy on this list or he could be one of the biggest disappointments on this list because it's all going to come down to whether he gets goal line carries or not. And we know that this team. Is going to score a lot of touchdowns. However, they also run those little trick plays, little shovel passes yeah. to Kelsey, and all this stuff. So like <laughs> take away, like what would normally be an easy rushing touchdown for most other teams, but they don't do that, and they pass the ball and whatever. And so, if if they start handing it off and they start giving him that, I mean, he could be you know a, a top five guy. And if not, I think you could see him well below some of these other guys even below him.
7: Yeah. Another guy I'd be a little skeptical of just a little bit. I mean, he's going to have a productive season is Packers running back Aaron Jones. Mm -hmm. You know, they, AJ Dillon, it sounds like they really want to get him involved now that Jamal Williams is left. So Mm -hmm. expect him. He's a bigger back. So he might be able to carry that load as that second guy. And they also really love Kylan Hill out of Mississippi state, that rookie, they've been raving about him all throughout training camp. I don't know how they're going to use him. It might just be training camp buzz because Mm -hmm. he's the guy you see most often, but I think think that if they can use him almost as like a gadget type of player. So there might be m- some more mouths to feed in green Bay. And speaking of goal line vultures, Devonte Adams, this is one of the yeah. biggest ones in the yeah. NFL. I mean, just bet him every game first touchdown scored. And you might, yeah. you might come out on top there with those kind of slants that Rodgers throws out to him. So Aaron Jones is a guy, I think that he's going to have to compete a little bit more within that running back room mm-hmm. to get that kind of opportunity.
6: Matt, uh, tell me, yeah. tell me quick about, I mean, Zeke, he's a guy that you've kind of, I don't want to say faded or been mm. down on, but we are we've both been really high on what we've seen out of Tony Pollard. Mm -hmm. Does he, is he
5: top five when you're going to your draft for you? Or is he a little bit further down? Uh, I I have him. I still have him up there because I just think that Dallas offense is going to just put up, ridiculous numbers because the defense is still going to be poor. And so they're just going to be putting up. I think they're gonna be in firefights like every single week. And so even if he does get a few of those to carries siphoned off a game, I still think he puts up really, really good numbers. And so it's hard to downgrade him unless we just see, unless we see this year, which we won't know until the season starts, that they're going to really work in Pollard much, much more. But we're getting a little bit of insight with hard knocks and stuff, and it doesn't look like that. It looks like they want Zeke to be the guy. They want him to be the man, and he's coming in and, you know, better shape according to him and all best this stuff like that. Best shape of yeah. his life. Everyone's always in the best shape of their life, right? I mean, I know. Every single MMA fight, it's yeah. like the guy's coming in, It's like, I'm in the best shape of my life. And it's like, hey, how how's everyone always in the best shape of their it's life? It's my like,
7: favorite training camp proverb, yeah. just best shape of my yeah. life. I was like, well, I mean, to Zeke's credit, yeah. he does look slimmer than yes. he was the last few years. And he's wearing the sweatshirt, <laughs> the, 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 you know, through every
5: practice and stuff to try it's to like shed like the extra pounds. He like a wrestler. Yeah, I, I know. Trying going to make weight. He is, he is. Uh, let's look at quarterbacks real quick. Uh, Um, it's a, it's an interesting position because it depends on how your league weights quarterbacks. Some, some leagues have gone back to six point passing touchdowns for quarterbacks, which I actually think is not a bad idea because we have emphasized the quarterback position and passing so much in the NFL that I think kind of trying to mirror what the game is today is a Mm -hmm. little bit better, but uh, most leagues are still only four point passing touchdowns. So with that, you know, quarterbacks are a little less, uh, are a little less important. And so you look and it's Mahomes, Allen, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, Tom Brady, Ryan Tannehill as your top 10 quarterbacks, which means, you know, basically if you're in a 10-team league, those are the starters. If you're in a 12-team league, Matthew Stafford at 11, Jalen Hurts at 12, Joe Burrow right off of that at 13. Um, Looking at this, Femi, I mean, listen, Mahomes, obviously, unquestioned, number yeah, one. Like, sure. like there's, there's no one there. Allen and Jackson, look, with their legs, they do so much. Yep. And, and what they give you as far as a floor every week, because they can have a bad day throwing the
7: ball, but what they do with their legs – is just so incredibly valuable. I, I I completely
5: agree with them being two
7: and three as well. I think another guy like that is at number eight with Dak Prescott. You mm-hmm. just made the point about the Dallas defense going to yeah. be poor once again, at least what that's what we think. Yeah. They're going to be in those shootout games. I mean, we saw those first five games of last season. I mean, I think everyone who owned Dak Prescott in fantasy was like, wow, this is amazing. Yeah. They're just going to throw 50, 55 times per game. I mean, he was on pace to shatter the passing yards uh, record set by Drew, Blee- Drew Brees, I believe. So I think Dak Prescott and the way they use him in the red zone, kind of that read yep. option on first and goal from the five, he can steal you a couple rushing touchdowns here and there as well.
5: And, and I think people are going to say, Wait a minute, did you say Jalen Hurts at 12? Did you really say that? Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah. And, and, but that is, he falls into the same, same category, category with the guys that we're talking about here. Is the floor for a guy that's going to get you 30, 40 rushing yards, maybe a rushing touchdown somewhere along the way, is so, so high that it just, it really does put him above a a lot of these other guys that are proven, you know, a Matt Ryan who may well lead the league and pass attempts because of the way that that defense is going to shape up and, and the weapons he's got around, but it's just, he's not going to score as many points as a guy like hurt should hurts play the entire season, which is, yeah. you know, we're just going to, we have to go in with the assumption that he will.
7: And Chris- Cousins at 15 right there. I mean, he's going to have plenty of chances to throw if they get down in games. It's funny that you see Trevor Lawrence ahead of him. Cause I think that running factor in with Lawrence as well is kind of what propels him ahead of Kirk Cousins. But I think Cousins at 15, Matt Ryan with the pieces that they have with Kyle Pitts, Kyle, Calvin Ridley. And I know they lost Julio, but indoors for quite a bit of game, mm-hmm. played nine games indoors. So could have a lot of chances to put up some big numbers there in Atlanta. I get Tom Brady being ninth overall.
5: I am never investing a pick in Tom Brady. Listen, I get it, before, but he's just—you know—he's 77 years old, and the guys eventually, eventually yeah, it's eventually. <laughs> and you're getting zero rush yards from him. You're getting yeah. none of that stuff. So all the stuff that we're talking about that we love about these other guys, you're getting none of that from Tom Brady. So for me, I'm gonna have to take a pass. Vimmy, it was fun, man. We're gonna do yeah, it again tomorrow. We
7: are gonna do it again tomorrow. I'm excited, man. There's a lot of we got football games tomorrow as well. We, uh, from the night uh, from the uh, circa over there, nightcap
5: coming up next we we'll